Round 16 to trap one. We found something. Basement corridor, north side. Grid 36. Request backup. Over. Thank you for downloading the Trap One podcast. I'm Mark McManus, and I'm delighted to welcome Steve Hatcher back to the podcast. Hello, Mark. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, I've been um, good, good, good. Been enjoying the the new season ten Blu-ray. Have you delved into that at all yet? Yeah, it arrived at the weekend. I started. Um, I, I, I tend to be a bit obsessive to make sure I watch every second of these things. So I've, I've watched the stuff on. Um, I've watched the Three Doctors and all the. Yeah, I will start with the extras. Mm-hmm. Uh, started. I've watched that now, and I've. Uh, uh, I haven't started. I'm doing anything else yet. What's next? It's Carnival of Monsters next, isn't it? After that, so I haven't uh, got as far as that yet. Yeah, I've just watched the extras so far. The, um, the Doctor and the Third Man, which is is on the last disc. Um, I, I watched mm. that on Sunday because it was John Pertwee's centenary, really. And that's a, a really nice. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, we uh, we had a special uh, uh, Hoover's meeting on Friday last week. We uh, we had a, a Pertwee special, and we watched three Pertwee episodes from three different stories, and uh, and basically sat around saying how good Pertwee was. So. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, have you had a chance to listen to the the BBC Radio documentary as well, the the John Pertwee fire? Yes. Yeah. 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 There wasn't an awful lot new on it. It was in terms of stuff we didn't know. There was some some little bits of recording here and there that I think we hadn't heard before that were newly released. But uh, it was good fun, and it was great having Sean doing it as well. That's that's I think that's what made it uh, more interesting. The fact that we got Sean Pertwee uh, introducing it that was, that was nice. Yeah, there was a nice personal perspective, wasn't there? From uh, absolutely, you saying that the one time that they acted on screen together and. Uh, uh, the, the props yeah, and the yeah, holder absolutely. from Doctor Who and things like that, yeah. Poetry was a uh, well-known, uh, as it says, on. I, I did actually start watching the documentary for Carnival of Monsters, and it did make the point on there that uh, Poetry was well-known for being light-fingered. Uh, mm. So <laughs> he would have been bringing props home for Sean all the while, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, not to mention the stuff he kept himself. Yeah. Because there's, there's a famous uh, thing with, with Carnival of Monsters where he stole a ship's compass from the boat that they were that they were filming on because they'd basically been told they could take some souvenirs so he found the most valuable thing that wasn't <laughs> properly nailed down and uh, had promptly himself to it. <laughs> and rather shamefacedly had to return it. That's brilliant. Bless. <laughs> I think it was nice to get um, a look at his whole career as well because I think we probably tend to Focus just on Doctor Who as fans, but you know the, the the film work and all the radio stuff that you obviously loved as well. Well, yeah, he's, I, mean, I first knew him from uh, the Navy Lark. Actually, I, I, I suppose I started listening to the Navy Lark back in the sixties, and, uh, and and I heard the last few seasons of that and loved that. In fact, I, I met him when he was the Doctor. Now it would have been nineteen seventy, and uh, down the road from where where we lived was basically a posh school, one of these uh, preparatory schools for young gentlemen in, in blazers and caps, uh, bright blue, as I recall. And uh, they they had their summer fate. And I don't know which way around it came, but I, I remember two years running, they had um, they had special guests. They had, they had a famous guest. 
to come and open their fate. And one year it was Wendy Craig, who actually was vaguely local to where we lived. So she popped along and opened it. And I think that was the year before it was Pertwee, but it might have been the other way around. It was Pertwee one of the two years anyway. And he was in full character as the Doctor with the, with the cape and the whole deal. I mean, he, was, he really was in his pomp at the time. And I went, this was the one day in the year when the, the regular kid, kids from the area, from the neighbourhood, were allowed to, to wander through the gates of this posh school, because our money, I suppose, was as good as anybody else's, although we probably had a little less of it. Um, and, and yes, so I, I, there was a whole like group of kids following Pertwee around the, this uh, this fate, um, uh, hanging on his every word and the rest of it. I, I remember distinctly asking him when the Navy Lark was coming back on, on the radio, because <laughs> I very much enjoyed that. But, uh, yeah, but... Uh, he, 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 I think he answered me. I think he did, as I recall. He uh, humoured me. Yeah. <laughs> because he was very famous for Words of Gummidge, and Words of Gummidge was an enormous success in its day. And people a little bit younger than me will um, will remember that very fondly, Words of Gummidge. Uh, I was I was there, and that was started in 79, and I was, I was in my 20s by then, so I suppose I was a little bit old for it by then. But uh, there we are, certainly a great success. Yeah, that was me really. I, I watched that before I ever saw Doctor Who. I, I loved Words of Gummidge when I was a kid. And I think he, you almost get the sense from the documentary that that meant more to him than Doctor Who. It, it seemed like a bigger deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it was his project. He, he went to Southern Television with it and said, mm-hmm. look, can we not make a series of Words of Gummidge? And, uh, yeah, it was, it was his project through and through. And, and when, it, when Southern Television lost the franchise and, and it was stopped, they stopped making it. Uh, he he spent a lot of time and effort trying to resurrect it, and uh, it was him who got the uh, the New Zealand version, which frankly wasn't much cop much cop at all. But he 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 was behind getting that going. And the um, I think there's mention on the the documentary of a, a, an attempt to get a, a, an animated version off yeah. the ground as well. They, they made a pilot for that, um, which has never been shown. So, um, and it's finally coming back with Mackenzie Crook now, I believe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's, and a lot of fuss from people because there was a photo released and Mackenzie, Mackenzie Crook there as Wurzel um, looking quite scary, to be honest. Mm. And people saying, hang on, that's not the Wurzel we remember. Well, actually, that's the Wurzel that was in the books because uh, the books way predate the, the TV series. They go back to the 30s. And uh, Wurzel was supposed to have a mango wurzel as a head which is sort of this strange shape and vegetable not not very john pertwee like mm-hmm. and um was quite a scary character in some ways yeah uh, so yeah. I, i've got i think it'd be good it'd certainly be worth watching yeah and mackenzie cook was absolutely brilliant in detectorists which which was his his project which he wrote and, and the rest of it so um, yeah i think it'll be fine i think it'll be very well worth looking forward to Great. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Uh, so I was lucky enough to attend Big Finish Day in Derby a couple of weeks ago. Excellent. Did you have a good day? Absolutely brilliant, yeah. You have to say yes, Rich. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> as I say, thank you very much to you and the Hoovers. It was it was another uh, massive, successful event. Uh, do you we get, enjoyed it. We had a good day. Yeah, as you say, do you get to enjoy much of it? Do you see many of the panels and things? So absolutely none of the panels whatsoever, none at all. Um, I suppose I could have done if I'd if I'd if I'd made a bit of an effort to, but it. Um, I suppose I get to enjoy a different aspect of it. I, 
I, I think this year, to be absolutely honest, I probably spent a little bit more time in the green room than I should have done, uh, basically hanging out with celeb friends and so on. Uh, whereas really, I, I, I should have gotten out and, about, out and about a bit more. I know there were quite a lot of friends there who, are, who I didn't get to say hello to properly. Um, I said hello to you very briefly, passing on the lift, didn't I? And as is always the case in these things, you said hello, and I looked at you and go, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Simply because um, I was taken by surprise. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, we, yes, we do enjoy it, but it's, it is hard work. More, it's less hard work for me on the day. The hard work for me really comes beforehand. But for the team, it's hard work on the day, keeping up with the guests and chaperoning and making sure everybody's where they should be, when they should be. And There was a, there was a, a couple of moments that I had to... Um, but if I say I had to step in, that makes sense if something was going wrong. It wasn't. But um, there was a moment when the... The, the autograph room started to, to build up rather and got a bit busy and a bit slow, basically because Katie was in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, who, if you've ever met Katie at a convention, Katie Manning at a convention, she loves to, she, it's not enough just to sign an autograph. Mm-hmm. Every single person has to be given a cuddle and a, and a special word and the rest of it. That's because she's a great guest and she's lovely with people. But it does mean that uh, you, you run, you start slow quite quick, uh, running behind times quite quickly. So we had to try and work out a way of just moving things a little bit more quickly in the autograph room, which we did. And I think people were aware that we'd not just shrugged and let it let it carry on. We we stepped in and try and move things along a bit. But nah, just people seemed to think it went well, and the, the organisation had held up, which is always nice. So there we are. And big finish of Astus uh, to another one next year so I've no doubt we'll be doing that and we'll make an announcement in due course Brilliant yeah, yeah no from, from a punter's point of view sort of thing it was it was an excellent day um, it's, it's well, nice. that's the most important thing isn't it yeah I mean you obviously have to keep if, if the punters are happy that's that's what it's about of course if the guests aren't happy you don't want to do another one so mm-hmm. that's important as well you know? particularly with something like Big Finish Day where we're we're Big Finish Day it belongs to Big Finish, of course mm-hmm. it does. And they've asked, we, without the support of Big Finish, we couldn't do a Big Finish day. Of course we wouldn't, we wouldn't attempt to. Uh, Big Finish come to us to organise their day, or they have done over the last couple of years. In the past, they've, they've done that with, with uh, other partners. So um, we know it's not something that we can absolutely say will always happen. It's entirely up to Big Finish if they want to, to do it with us again. And so far, so good. Yeah, I think I think I think the size of it is perfect. Um, in that you, other than Katie Manning, you, you're not never queuing for too long. I think to 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 meet anybody, it's more personal. Like you've got time to to speak to, and you know, if you go to like a big kind of comic con, which I haven't been to too many of, but it is all just about queuing for one thing, joining the queue. No, for another, I, I, I think so. I think we. Sellouts on the quad is 260. Once mm. we've sold 260 tickets, that's it. Which actually isn't very many tickets. It's quite a small event by that, uh, mm. by, by that, by some of the standards of some. Um, but we just haven't got any room for anyone else, and, and we would struggle to get 260 people in the main hall all at the same time. 
So we sell 260 tickets because we know that everybody will be in the same place at the same time. Yeah. Um, it's with all our events at Quad, it's the, the, the thing that we're always looking for is how we can find some more space, make the most of the space and so on. I th- we, we feel we could easily have sold twice the amount of tickets because we'd sold out well, well ahead of the event again. Mm. We, 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 we think we could have probably sold 500 tickets if we'd got a bigger venue, but we haven't, so there we are. I thought the other brilliant thing um, this time was the uh, we got a chance to hear episode one of the Big Finish Anniversary Story, Legacy of Time, uh, which is great. Yeah, no, that's the thing that uh, people have been raving about. I was, we were meeting with Adam from Quad the other day, and, and he was saying how very well that had gone. And the atmosphere in there apparently was absolutely superb. Um, because, of course, it's a, it's a cinema, so you've got top-rate sound system. Yeah, and you can lower the lights. You can blast the thing out at at full volume, and and uh, it can be a real good listening experience, which is what I'm told it was. Yeah, it's fantastic because it occurred to me at the time. I've watched Doctor Who episodes with other fans before, but Big Finish is quite a kind of solitary activity, isn't it? It's something you go to something or anything like that. But it was great. Everybody, it was like a cinema experience in terms of everybody laughing together when there was a funny bit. Uh, you know, kind of it was it was excellent. Yeah, never it never have occurred to me as something to want to do with other people. But yeah, absolutely brilliant. Uh, no, of course I didn't get in there at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm the only person at Big Finish Day who hasn't heard that uh, that episode. Yeah, uh, I, um, I dare say I could have. Uh, I dare say I might have attempted to pull some strings and see if I could get a copy, but I thought, no, nah, I'll wait. It's only three weeks until it's uh, it's due out. So from then, so that's about another week, isn't it? Now, so yeah, there I've, we are. Patience. I've got my copy <laughs> pre-ordered because I think Nicholas Briggs said on the day yeah, that yeah. they'd already um, sold over half of them on, on pre-order. I think. Yeah, yeah, mine's mine was pre-ordered the day it was announced. Yeah, mm. yeah, no messing. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, I think we said this last time, but just how much for me anyway, I appreciate it being in Derby rather than Slough because it's just so much easier mm. easy to get to for, for anybody from from up here, you know. Well, obviously, the, the place in the hotel in Slough, I don't think suited um, what they wanted to do. So mm. that's, uh, I mean, Slough is... is yeah, I think for most of the country to get to Slough, you have to go into London and come out again, don't you? Whereas as Derby is reasonably central, it's for for most parts of the country. Parts of the country, it's relatively easy to get to. Mm-hmm. Certainly from the northeast and the southeast and the southwest and, and the West Midlands, it's it's a doddle to get to. I think the only part of the country actually that it's not quite so easy to get uh, to get from is um, to get to from is. Um, uh, is northwest England and the west of Scotland. Mm. So I'm glad you found it easy. <laughs> yeah. Because you're from one of those areas that uh, it's not quite as easy <laughs> to get from, I think. Yeah. But, um, it's, yeah. A lot easier in Slough anyway. So, yeah, very good. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're coming from Manchester, you have to mess about crossing the Pennines to Sheffield and changing it to Sheffield and then and then coming on from there. So and Manchester is only... Oh, I don't know, about 60 miles away from Derby. It's not far, 60, 70 miles. So, uh, mm, but uh, until they until they sort out the cross-country trains, I'm afraid we're stuck with that. This is good for the motorways, of course, as well, whichever, wherever you're coming from. Yeah, well, that's, I, I drove, so, um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was perfect for me. 
Very good. Uh, and it's Excellent. also the venue of the upcoming Hooverville 11 next month. Yes, this is on the 31st of next month, Saturday the 31st of August. Uh, you're right, it's the 11th one, so that makes it our 10th year. It's 10 years this year since we did the first Hooverville, which is astounding that, that uh, we've managed to uh, keep going so long. And, and every year it seems to get more exciting and bigger and better. We've, we've got some, I can't believe the quality of the guests we've had over the years at our little convention because we're not. Uh, we're not a rich convention. We we are funded by Quad. I think I explained this to you, be, to, you be, to you before that we are funded by Quad. That Quad give us the Hoover's Group a budget from which we pay for the guests, and uh, they they Quad get to keep the the uh, the, the gate receipts as it were, the tickets receipts, uh, and we make what money we can from our little stall and things on the day. Mm-hmm. So. Quad being um, not a rich organisation, we haven't got an enormous budget. So we, um, we we will never, ever have new series doctors. We will never have um, uh, new series companions. We, we can get prominent new series one-off guests that we've got this year. We can usually get uh, new series, uh, classic series companions. Uh, classic series doctors we could get, but that would only ever be one every so often. We, we couldn't do that every year. And um, that, if, if we get a doctor, that takes uh, usually takes about half of our total budget. Mm. You know, I was quoted for one prominent, and I'm not going to mention the name, one prominent uh, new series guest um, who has appeared in two new series episodes in two different roles and in another associated program I don't want to say anymore because otherwise you'll work out who I'm talking <laughs> about and uh, I was quoted for him to come to our convention pretty much the entirety of my budget uh, for one guest so you know we, we can't we can't look at that sort of thing mm-hmm. um, it's it's become very exp- guests guests fees have gone up hugely since the 50th anniversary um and well i can't i can't blame people for that they they get what they can get the the appearance of the convention booking agent um although we work very well with one in particular uh who's brought us some brilliant guests at a reasonable uh, reasonable fee uh, reasonable rates um it, it's it's not helped because there are other people involved they're trying to hike up fees um, and that makes it more difficult for us and that will yeah we um, we struggle because we we won't go down the route of uh, paying a fortune for a guest and then having them pay them charge our attendees for uh, vast amounts of money for autographs and so on you know if you go to some of these big comic cons and you'll get asked to pay 80, 90, 100 pound for somebody's autograph. Well, that's not where Hooverville is. We'll never be doing that. So uh, we have to understand that. We have to appreciate that we're not going to have these expensive guests. Shall I tell you what we got this year? Yeah, it's, it's a great lineup, isn't it? Yeah. We have got a good lineup. We've got Sarah Sutton, of course, Nessa, Ingrid Oliver, who plays Osgood. As I say plays, I mean, it's about five years since the, they were last in it, isn't it? So, uh, 
Well, no, it's not that long, is it? No, it isn't. I'm talking rubbish because they were in the Bill series, weren't they? Uh, unit worst. So, anyway, Osgood. Uh, Sophia Miles, who played Madame de Pompadour in The Girl in the Fireplace. Uh, Nabil Shaban, who played Syl uh, in Trial of a Time Lord uh, and also in Vengeance on Varos. Christopher Ryan, who played Lord Kiv in Trial of a Time Lord Mind Warp and also played the Sontaran General Stahl in The Sontaran Stratagem and has played, I think, another Sontaran, another episode somewhere along the way. Ralph Watson, who played Captain Knight in The Web of Fear. The classic um, Patrick Trout and Yeti story, and he was also Etis in the Monster of Peladon, and Ben uh, opposite John Pedry, and Ben Travers in Horror of Fan, Fangrock opposite uh, uh, Tom Baker. We've got Stephen Gallagher, the writer of Warriors Game Terminus, Edward Russell, the former Doctor Who brand manager, who uh, basically left that position at the same time as the. Uh, Stephen Moffat era ended, but he was there right through uh, uh, Russell T. Davis and, uh, and Stephen Moffat times. Rob Ritchie, the anecdote uh, who's been largely responsible for things like the Macro Tower and Sharder and the new version of uh, the Faceless Ones that's being done. Uh, Keith Barnfather, Real Time Pictures, David J. Howe and Sam Stone from Telus Publishing. Uh, Chris Chapman, who is a producer of uh, Doctor Who. DVD and Blu-ray extras, uh, and James Burgess, who is an old friend of ours. He's a model maker. He's he's, he's shockingly young. <laughs> in, him and his dad basically started coming to our uh, to our events wearing costumes and so on. Uh, and James has since been involved in making models for the Mission to the Unknown remake that was done. Oh, um, was that earlier this year? Or was the end of last year? So. Uh, James will be able to tell us about that. And we've got some brilliant sponsored guests as well. Um, Michael E. Bryant, uh, the director of many stories in John Pertwee and Tom Baker Times, uh, that was sponsored by Cygnus Alpha. Old friend Simon Fisher-Becker, who played Dorian Moldovar, and he's sponsored by Eminem Famous Faces. And then we have got John Levine, fan favourite, Sergeant Benton himself, and also Jeffrey Beavers, the master in The Keeper Truck, and, and they're both sponsored by Phantom Films. So, I mean, I mean that's a fabulous lineup, actually. Absolutely brilliant. Tickets are available from Quad, and there's loads left. And the full price ticket is £48, and uh, 33 for confession. Confession, a concession, <laughs> and ten pound for children aged five to twelve. And before anybody says it, forty-eight pounds for a day. Yes, forty-eight pounds for a day. And on top of that, you get a free autograph from each and every guest, as opposed to one of these comic con style events where you'll pay maybe 20 30 pound to get in and then for each and every guest you get an autograph from you'll pay another 20 30 40 50 however much so you don't get charged extra for your first autograph for each of the guests so there we are so I think that's a reasonable thing. When you when you compare, how much would you I don't know whether you would know Mark, how much would you pay for a Premier League football match? I wouldn't have a clue, I'm afraid. The idea is, no. I wouldn't, but it, you'd, you'd certainly be looking at £50 plus, I would have thought, for one of the top teams for 45 yeah, minutes. Uh, and then 45, it's two lots of 45 minutes, whereas for us it's for the full day. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a reasonable, uh, a reasonable deal. I think it's a very good deal, to be fair. Definitely, uh, yeah. A dashed good lineup, as well as we say. There we are. So let's move on. 
As you say, when you see the uh, like the London film and Comic Con that's coming up, it's mm. eye-watering prices uh, for some of the guests, aren't they? Yeah, they've they've got an absolutely great guest lineup. One of one of um, one of our people who showed me an advert for London Film and Comic Con said, "How can we compete with that?" Well, we don't because it's it's a different sort of event, and people who go to London Film and Comic Con know what they they're getting themselves into they know what they go in there for mm -hmm. they go in there to queue up and pay a lot of money for autographs whereas they're not paid quite so much to go in whereas for us it's an experience they'll spend the day with fellow fans they'll spend the day talking to our guests uh, having having a having a meeting with our guests a proper, proper meeting with our guests as opposed to just a quick scribble on a photograph and then move along before somebody else uh, has their scribble done for them yeah. so no, I don't. Look, I, I'm not knocking those sort of mm -hmm. events. Uh, they have their customers. We have ours, but we are, I, we're not in competition with that sort of event at all. It's a different sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I prefer the smaller ones, and, I, and I'm more interested in the panels than than autographs and stuff like that as well. I think it's interesting to hear the anecdotes and the uh, you know the stories from, from working on Doctor Who. Um, and well, uh, as, as usual with Hooverville, the panels will be going on all day. We, we don't stop for lunch or anything like that. We we really pack it in. We keep going. So bring your sandwiches or something. <laughs> and Settle of course, yourself down for a ride. And of course, Nabil Shaban will have new stories because he's been filming the, the Sil spin-off, uh, Sil and the Devil Seeds of Arador. Well, absolutely. Well, well as, 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 as has Christopher Ryan, they're, but they're both in it. Oh, I so that. we're putting right. them on stage together. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. I we're didn't putting them on stage it. together. Yeah. Cool. And I would imagine we'll probably bring Keith Barnfather, the producer, of that on for ten minutes of that panel as well. And uh, mm. yeah, plenty of time to plenty of opportunity to ask about that. And of course, on November the eighth, uh, the Hoovers and Derby Quad are hosting uh, a regional premiere screening of that film. Uh, so there's, there's another chance to come back to Quad on the evening of Friday the 8th of November for a special screening of, of Devil Seeds, uh, Still in the Devil Seeds of Arador, uh, with um, Sophie Aldred and, um, uh, and uh, Philip, um, oh, I'm having a mind blank, the writer of, uh, of Creator of Sill and so on. Ah, uh, yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, him. Yes, uh, I'm having a mind blank. Yeah, so am I now. Philip Martin. Philip Martin. Philip Martin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, so they're, they're a special guest for that one. So um, tickets available for that, again, from Derby Quad. Uh, I think I think the top price of that is 9.95. Uh, and again, there'll be an opportunity for, for autographs. Um, and there'll be a question and answer. Keith, Keith Banfather will be introducing the film. Then there'll be a, a panel afterwards with Keith and Sophie and, uh, and Philip uh, to discuss the film. And there we are. So that'll be a good night. Brilliant. Yeah, that sounds great. And it's out on DVD in October, I believe. It's uh, in November, in fact. November. It, ah, it's right. released on DVD the week before our uh, our uh, our showing. There's a, there's a, a premiere night in London and... Uh, a couple of days after that is the release of the DVD and Blu-ray, and then ours is on the Friday at the end of the week. Um, cool. We've got another event as well. We've got a Hoover's Evening with uh, Mark Strickson, uh, and that is on October the... Should have had your calendar ready. Uh, if I'm aware, I can tell you it's, it's October the... October the... 
18th, October the 18th, we've got Mark, Spree, uh, Mark Strickson coming to Derby for an evening with, uh, which again will be a nice evening. We'll announce that properly very soon and put full details up. We haven't done that yet. Brilliant. So there we are. And he doesn't live in the UK, does he? So there's not that as many opportunities to meet him at conventions as, as other guests. He, he lives about as far away as you possibly can. He lives in the south of New Zealand, I think in Dunedin, in the south of New Zealand. So, no, he, he does, he gets around a fair bit and he's, he's uh, comes back to the UK every so often. But, um, yeah, it is a fairly rare opportunity to, to, to meet uh, Mark. Yeah. yeah. So that would be a fun one as well. Yeah, and, and recently appeared on the, the season 19 Behind the Sofa features, didn't he? Uh, he appears everywhere, doesn't he, just Mark Strickson? He's very good at that sort of thing. Even on series that, um, seasons where he doesn't appear, they, yeah. they, they seem to, <laughs> to put him on as a moderator or, uh, or, or interviewer or whatever, and on the Behind the Sofa features and so on. Does a yeah. good job with it. He's good fun. He's a nice guy. Brilliant. I'll put links to all those events in the show notes. Mm. Well, we've not announced the Mark Strickson one yet, but <laughs> but we will, we will do we will do quite soon. But yeah. um, is, is between this... us, there you are. I'll let you know it's happening. There you are. Yeah. So is this an exclusive? Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, a scoop. Uh, and and finally, some exciting news. We've we've both contributed an entry to a new charity short story anthology from Altrix Books called Masterpieces. Oh yes. Ah, yes, Masterpiece will be out soon, won't it? Yeah. Um, stories about the master. What have you written then, Mark? Do you tell us about your story. Uh, mine is um, for Anthony Ainley's incarnation mm-hmm. uh, and is a cross between Mark and the Rani and Heaven Sent. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine, yes, that sounds great. Mine is a sort of multi-master story, but it's basically the war master. The the the, um, the Derek Jacobi one, brilliant. But it's it is sort of a multi master story as well. It involves a bit of Ainley and a bit of um, a bit of uh, Delgado and a bit of uh, Eric Roberts as well. So yeah, it, it was fun to write. Well, in fact, there's, there's another book out today that I've had a bit of a hand in as well, uh, which uh, is uh, the Me and the Star Man. Which is uh, it came from the sort of the same stable as You uh, and Who, the You and Who books of a few years ago, uh, and uh, this one's about David Bowie and personal experiences of of uh, David Bowie's music, that sort of thing, but the fan experience with David Bowie, and I've uh, I've written a piece in that about. Uh, uh, being a student in Italy in 1979 and discovering Honky Dory at that time, so that's that's there. Mm. Ah, so it. that's that's out today. So I'll put a link to that as well. That sounds great. Go on. Cool. Um, and I'll put a link to the uh, Altrix Books um, page about masterpieces. It's also got. It's edited by Paul Driscoll uh, from an idea by Scott Claringbold. Uh, it features stories from Ian McLaughlin, Cara Dennison, Chris McKeon, Scott Claringbold, Mike Morgan, John Arnold, Tim Gambrell, Rachel Whitehead. Daniel Whelans, Simon A. Brett, uh, you, me, Lee Rawlings, Dan Barrett, Paul Driscoll, Nathan Mullins, Daniel Tessier, and Richard Girl. So, loads of stories. I tell you what, there's some, there's some familiar names there, aren't there? That's it, yeah. There's, uh, there's some familiar names from uh, um, uh, from when we were doing uh, Thingy. 
Time Shadows. Uh, time Shadows. Yeah. Which one we were doing Time Shadows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's good. It's good company to be in. Yeah, uh, Scott Clangbot, of course, a neighbour of yours up in Carlisle. Yes. So uh, and a good man. Um, yes. And it was it was his project originally, wasn't it? And he found he hadn't quite got enough time to do that and passed it on that's to it. Paul. So uh, that's that's competition, which is brilliant. Yeah. lovely. He said yeah. to say hello. Actually, yeah, I told him I was podcasting with you tonight, and he said to say hello. Uh, Excellent. Say hello back, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is for the Stroke Good Association man. as well. So that's uh, it's, it's a great cause. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I'm trying to remember who the Bowie one is in aid of because that's a charity book as well. Um, but I can't remember which one it is. So you know, I should have had these things at my fingertips so I could tell you. <laughs> but you'll no doubt discover that when you look it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I've had another nice one today actually because because um, I've edited the most recent edition of uh, uh, the Doctor Appreciation Society magazine, Celestial Toy Room, which they invite me to do from time to time. Mm -hmm. And this one that, that's come out today, again, is um, is a sort of a Hoover's special, because it's the Hoover's 20th anniversary this year. So we put together a sort of a Hoover's anniversary special of Celestial Toy Room uh, with... Um, several interviews that we've done with some of our star guests over the years so so that'll be great fun um so that'll be available from Dwas and we'll have some so a Dwas, all Dwas members will get that free through their doors as part of their membership but we've also got some copies that we're going to be able to sell at Hoover Vale and uh, other events as well so that'll be cool brilliant Cool. Well, this is why the masterpiece is exciting for me because uh, up until now, you're the only person that's ever published anything I've written. So it's uh, <laughs> this is like <laughs> well, you, you twice in fact, haven't I? Yeah, because that's... Uh, we did we did run Time Shadows, and then you wrote a story for me for Cosmic Mask, the other dress publication. Yes, which I edit the uh, I edit the fiction for at the moment. That's it. They're the only two things that I've had published so far, so uh, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> I am your sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's a pleasure because they were both uh, they were they were both good pieces. So you know, wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have included them if they hadn't been. Yeah. So yeah. it's a real shame with uh, with Time Shadows. Actually, it's it's a because we've put a lot of work in on that book and. Mm -hmm. um, it, it lasted two weeks before somebody decided that they really must um, do what had never been done before with the Dot Two Charity Anthology, unofficial book, was uh, make a complaint on the grounds of copyright, and it got uh, it got withdrawn from sale, which is horribly sad. But mm. um, because I say there were some superb stories in it, I was really proud of all the work that everybody had done on that. There were some brilliant stories, um, and. Uh, <laughs> people could buy a paper copy for all of two weeks. Um, it's not on sale at all uh, in any version anymore, but if anybody would like an e-book of it, then just get in touch with me and they can have one for free and then can make a donation to a charity of their choice at their own discretion. But, uh, yeah, so I can provide. But it, it's worth it. It's also it's available on the, the Trap One website. You can download it from there. Um, oh, and, and again, uh, yeah. oh that's, that's even better then. Right. Oh, um, good. I didn't know that. Uh, but yeah, also the, with the suggestion that uh, yeah, if you'd like to make it a donation to a charity of your choice as well. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, so oh, well, that's really good because when people do ask me, then I should just direct them to you then if you've already got it there uh, available and so on. So, brilliant. Right. And as you say, lots of great stories as well. Um, some, uh, yeah. 
Some Time Shadow's second there. nature lives. <laughs> Definitely. Cool. Well, thank you very much for joining me this evening. It's been a, a pleasure talking to you. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Mark. Um, and uh, we'll look forward to Hooverville and the other events. And uh, I'll look forward to talking to you again at some point in the future. Absolutely. Thank you very much for listening um, at home. Cheers, then. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>